welcome back to the Oral Health Podcast. So, Karen is not with us today, but instead I took a little trip up to the Marie Curie Bradford Hospice and spoke to two incredible nurses, Sue and Katie. Sue and Katie are going to sit and talk to me about the changes our mouth goes through at the end of life. Obviously, this week we're talking about systemic changes in the mouth and the body. And as we reach the end of our lives, we're all going to go through some changes. And as we deal with certain medical conditions that are unfortunately progressively getting worse. Now, obviously, this week we're talking about systemic changes and that just makes the... I suppose people's physical conditions change and certainly we see that on the inpatient unit. So, for example, people won't be eating and drinking as well. They'll be on medication perhaps, which changes how they taste things and they may well have the after effects of chemotherapy or radiotherapy. So we always start with an assessment of where, where someone is currently and what they can currently do. So that's all, always our start point, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. And, and if someone were to come in just before the end of their life and they're unable to tell us, then we take the prompt from their family. We want family to be involved, family and loved ones, to be involved um, right from the start. So if the patient themselves is unable to communicate with us how they were caring for their own mouth, then we can get that from their loved ones um, and hopefully include their loved ones in the care going forward. Many of our patients seem to come in with oral thrush and uh, we have various medications that can be prescribed um, that can help topically but also um, systemically and uh, that can have such a massive effect. Saliva on mm. that and if that's combined with something like oral thrush like Kathy, um, Katie's just described it can, it can make the mouth taste really foul and it looks foul for people so, um, so removing that is really important and we've got some, um, some fantastic implements helping to remove that which we'll show you in a little while which are um, some silicon brushes that have got very fine filaments on that, very good for removing debris. And, and you can see I kind of twisted my, my hand and it, that gentle twisting action is really important to, to do that. Yeah. Um, and say another thing is um, people who might wear dentures, as they become more poorly, the shape of their face will change. And as they get more poorly, they're less likely to get themselves to a dentist and get them reshaped or whatever. Um, so they might well come in with teeth that, that don't fit them anymore. Um, so that, that itself can cause rubbing on their gums. It can really cause a lot of problems. So we're looking out for that sort of thing. Um, as people get more poorly, they don't take such good care of their teeth, perhaps. So, you know, there might be holes in their teeth. There's a, there's a whole range of issues with the mouth, and I think you've... I think it often gets overlooked, mm. just how important your mouth is. Now, obviously, as things get um, progressively worse, we might need a little bit more encouragement and support with self-care and more specifically mouth care. So I know you guys know a lot about the different ways you can support someone with that, but can you just run through a few examples? 
If you're actually needing some help and you are a carer and you're helping someone that you love brush their teeth, um, just thinking about how you do that and it may well be if someone's got a little bit of a cognitive impairment or even if they haven't, actually standing side by side is much more powerful than standing in front of someone mm -hmm. because you're more likely to get the same pressure that you would do when you brush your own teeth. So um, if I was brushing um, Katie's teeth, I'd be very close to her and I'd be holding the brush like this, looking at a mirror to help with that. One of the most important things is almost pretend that you're brushing your own teeth. So if you would press a certain strength, don't be, you know, carving a toothbrush around their mouth. So if you do for your loved one, as you would do for yourself, I think that's a very big message. Yeah, and also if someone's not done it before and you know that they've got some sores on one side of their face, um, start on the side that isn't sore, that is really accessible, and, um, and just um, practice on that side first to kind of build your confidence and the person that you're caring for's confidence in that process. Use a mirror, I think is the kind of key bit, and take your time. That was a really good demonstration. Thank you for that. Um, what kind of products then do you tend to use? And also, are there any out there that actually can do more harm than good? So um, this looks really bizarre, but it's um, it's actually just a dexterity aid. You can buy these from all sorts of um, um, shops for, for people with a, a disability, um, or you can buy them online. I've got my pen here kind of goes in it just an extension and just makes it easy grip um, to brush your teeth. So this is, um, it, we call it a 360 toothbrush. It's, uh, it's got quite a small head, very soft bristles um, and that, this is one of the things we use instead of those pink sponges. So it's good, you, you, again, you use a twisty action, we're not scrubbing hard. It's, so if the patient is able to use that themselves, that's great. So this is the bristles, silicone bristles. Um, looks a bit like a Christmas tree. It's very good for sweeping, sweeping, mm. yeah, get the debris off. And then rinse it and it comes off nicely, but still soft enough. And it, it washes out really well, so if you've picked up debris, um, swirl around in some, some cold water in a cup, yeah. it, all that debris comes off really easily and it, and it feels really fresh when it comes back in your mouth. This is, so this, these are all um, Oraleave brand. This one is a moisturising mouth gel. This is a lip balm. Um, and this is, I'll let you look now, you've got your glasses. Thank you very much, that's the mild toothpaste. So yeah. it's a low foam toothpaste. Yeah. The mouth gels are really nice. Um, so um, there's lots of different brands of, of mouth gels and you just gently put them inside the, the cheeks or perhaps on the, on the gum line mm. or even on the tongue. And it, it just helps to gently hydrate the mouth and promote comfort and, mm. and when people are a little bit sensitive. Yeah, the, I find a really good one is pop some on the tongue and the patient themselves can move their tongue and just reach like their palate and their gums um, and that's a really good way for them to manage that themselves if they're still able to do that. Yeah. 
I mean, just one word of warning when, when carers are supporting someone with mouth care is um, just be very gentle when you're cleaning inside the mouth that you don't push the, the, the implement, the, the soft toothbrush or the, or the kind of um, silicon stick too far back because what you don't want to do is elicit someone's gag reflex mm. by touching the back of the tongue or, or the back of the palate yeah. because that, that's just really unpleasant for, for both the carer and the, and the person I receiving think, care. Yeah, I think that's one of the good things about being at doing at it someone's side. side. Yeah. Because if you're standing over someone, you, you can't really tell how yeah. far you're going back. And it's very easy to, to do that. Whereas if you're at the side, like you're this. much more aware of where you are, I think. Yeah, I would agree. So one of our big no-nos is um, petroleum-based products. So we need to be using water-based products. Um, the petroleum based, so Vaseline, lip sealed, all the normal things, um, they're very flammable, which is not ideal in a place full of oxygen. oxygen. Yeah, mm -hmm. so um, we try to um, just instruct families on, because that, that's what I'd be using. Um, so just letting them know that that's not really a good idea and we can provide them with um, water-based lubricants and um, things. Gels, mouth, gels. mouth gels. Yeah. I mean, on, I mean, things move on and there's some really old-fashioned things that people may well have thought worked really well in the past, but research has proven that they don't really work. So I'm thinking things like um, pineapple. It used to be people who say suck on pineapple, but actually the enzymes in pineapple can make your mouth very sensitive. It's not good. Obviously, if you're end of life and you really fancy a piece of pineapple, yeah. have it. Yes. But it's not, it's not designed to help kind of move debris from your mouth. Another really old-fashioned thing um, used to be lemon and glycerin swabs that people used to use. You mm. can still buy them in pharmacists now. But what they do is they overstimulate the saliva glands and that can cause additional problems for people. And the other big no-no is the pink sponges, isn't it? Yes. So pink sponges, people often, you see them being dipped into water and people perhaps sucking on them. They're um, a huge risk of them de detaching from the sticks and, and being a choking risk for people. So we kind of, those are things that people say, can I use X? And we tend to say, please don't. And just outline what the risks of those products are. Mm. Um, we also, um, the, the lubricant gels are really important. If someone's got ulceration in their mouth, getting a, a prescription for a gel that actually coats the mouth can be really helpful because that will um, give some protection on the mucosa inside your mouth and allow people to perhaps eat and drink a, a little bit. Only lasts for a short period of time, but that short period of time is often enough to, to kind of have something to eat and drink and feel normal. That's so interesting. I never would have thought that petroleum could cause a problem, but yeah, when you say it, it, it makes sense. And obviously when someone's on oxygen, you've got to take all the care that you need to, to keep them safe and, you know, everyone else on the ward safe. Um, now, obviously, when someone comes into the hospice, it um, it can be hard for the entire family. And I know you guys will have a lot more knowledge of that than, than us. Um, how can you include family members with mouth care? I imagine it's quite tough. Yeah, I think it's really important. And I think... Um that loved ones can feel 
a bit sidelined when they come into the hospice. They feel like they're, they have nothing they can contribute. And actually that's so far from the truth. Um, and so we can show them how we would um, help look after the, their loved one's mouth and encourage them to take part if they're confident to do so. Um, we can show them what we would do and how we'd do that. And it means that it's something they can be doing without us in the room. It, they don't need us there. So that's, I think it's a really useful thing for loved ones to, to be involved in. And we can you know, show them the various um, implements that we use and the mouth care, uh, the gels and uh, toothpaste and everything. Um, so it's a really good thing to involve them in. And also we can keep it really simple. So very often when someone is end of life, um, small frequent changes can make a big difference. So small sips of water or any sort of unsweetened juice. Um, really listening to what people are saying about how their mouth feels. So sometimes fruit juices, for example, are too acidic for someone's mouth. Um, so plain water or a milk-based drink is, is better. Um, sucking on ice can help um, if someone's got a dry mouth and, and can't tolerate too much in the way of fluids. But even the ice cubes, just being really careful that you're not giving big lumps of ice that have got sharp edges. Very often crushed ice is a really good thing to, to offer. Um, and then being creative and helping people to release that creative side. So, um, for example, if someone's got some um, nutritional supplements that they might be taking, there's no reason why those can't be crushed into ice cubes or an ice lolly for someone to suck on. Um, and Katie talked a little bit about um, seeing what people could normally do, what normally works for them, and we, that's always our start point. So helping to keep the mouth hydrated is really important. Um, protecting the lips is also really important. Um, and, and we know that if someone is end of life and they're not eating and drinking, that your mouth can often, you can often get bad breath a bit of halitosis from that so actually someone feels so much better when they've actually got a fresh mouth that that feels more like them yes. and and it enables families to kind of connect and be close yeah I'm, i bet that's really comforting to a lot of people thank you and um and just quickly while we're on the topic uh so nutrition um obviously food intake is going to change um well, maybe not obviously, but I imagine it does for, for many people. But can you just talk us through different diet changes as we reach the end of life and how that could impact our mouths? I mean, one of the things that we, we talk about in the hospice is um, tasting for pleasure. So if you're, if you're not eating and drinking, um, things that give you pleasure are really important and helping those to taste as good as they can be. So perhaps mouth care beforehand, perhaps your um, mucosa coating gels if you've got a sore mouth or an ulceration. And then small small sips of things that give you pleasure really do help. Um, and even for someone who maybe can't swallow, you can put something in your mouth and get the taste of it and then get rid of it. So a bit like wine tasting, you can taste for pleasure and then, and then spit it out. We talked a little bit about little and often and that's really important with, with fluids and lots of people find, um, you know, that crushed ice and, and ice and, and 
ice lollies or ice creams or cool yogurts really yeah. good for for sensitive mouths on the ward itself we have a freezer which will have ice creams and um, ice lollies yeah um, the fridge will have jellies in just things that are very easy they come in small amounts so people don't feel I think a lot of patients would be nervous of ordering something that they know they can't finish. Yeah. No, I don't want to waste it. I'll just have a couple of mouthfuls of jelly and ice cream. It doesn't seem like such a big deal. And I think just working with whoever you're caring for, just to think, you know, what do they really like? How can, how can I tempt them? What would that look like? But don't put yourself under pressure. Thank you for that. Um... Now, of course, all of this is null and void unless we mention consent, right? We need to get consent for everything in uh, in life. I imagine that goes doubly in a medical care setting. Um, how do you then go about getting consent to give mouth care? It depends on how they are. So, so can I can I clean your teeth? And someone goes, yeah, it's implicit consent. So they, they you know, they're showing you their teeth. They're showing you they're ready for consent. If you say to someone, um, is it okay if we do your teeth now? And they're you know that's not a good time for them to do their teeth. Um, it depends on the person, but we're so used to asking for, for consent for whatever for we, we yeah. do. And sometimes that's easier for a carer in one respect because they know the person really well, they know what they like, and they may well say, well, you know, can I do your teeth now? And someone will say, oh, no. And they say, well, you said that last time, and, you know, actually, I think it's time we did it now. And they're like, oh, yeah. go on then. Yeah. It, it's knowing the person that you're working with is really critical. Um, People can be really embarrassed about you dealing with their teeth. And yeah. so um, if you're a carer delivering this, I think it's, it's just saying to the person that you want to help and gaining their consent. And, um, and that's really important. Consent is absolutely crucial. So wanting to help but getting consent because you'd, you'd never want to do anything that people weren't consenting to. Now, just before we end, um, I just want to ask you both, is there... A, um, is there any stories that you feel comfortable sharing from your time on the ward? Uh, anywhere where, um, you know, mouth care and, and mouth health has really stood out and, and managed to help a person? We had a lady only a few weeks ago who had told us before she became unable to communicate, she said, I am not going to die without my teeth in. And her teeth would drop down when she was just more more sleepy. Her teeth would be dropping down. Um, she would not let us get into her mouth. And her family were finding it so distressing because they were just thinking, this, this isn't gonna work, how are we gonna do this? Um, and with a lot of patience and perseverance, one of our marvelous healthcare's was able to grab the teeth Give them a really good freshen up, freshen the lady's mouth, get a little bit of fixident, which we might keep on hand because that comes in very useful, and then pop them back in. And this lady died within about an hour. It was almost like she knew she had her teeth in and all was well. And the family were just thrilled, absolutely thrilled. That small piece of attention just made their mum's death so much more bearable. Yeah. And I think you've just got to remember 
things like that, how important they are. Katie, that is such a lovely story. Thank you so much for sharing that. Um, I'm going to go and, uh, you know, let you guys get back to your very, very busy lives on the ward. And um, thank you again so much for sitting down and talking to me. Now, hopefully you learned as much from that as I did. I know it was a really valuable conversation for us and I hope that you took something away from it as well. Thank you again, Marie Curie and the Bradford Hospice and of course, Sue and Katie for sitting down and talking to me. Video clips from our conversation are going to be up online all this week and you can go and watch them at your leisure. And if you want to, you can always come back for another episode where we will be discussing something else. <laughs>